0: All right, we are back with another auditorially spectral episode Whoa, of wow. V8 Radio. <laughs>
1: Whoa, man! I'm your host Someone's Kevin Hostey, been hitting the books. <laughs> joined
0: as always by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike huball Clark. And what's up, man? <clears throat> yeah, how's it
1: going? <laughs> good, good. That was that was impressive.
0: Well, that uh, that's a little phrase that um, auditorially specular that that basically means. Uh, you can almost see the show with your ears.
1: feet <laughs> ah, of the mind, man. of right. the mind. That's right. <laughs> I love it.
0: And if it sticks, I did make that up. So
1: I dig it. Yeah. Dig it.
0: So uh, we uh, typically uh, launch this uh, this fine program with an automotive trivia question because, as the name suggests, VA Radio is uh, it's a car thing. Uh, did you uh, prepare a trivia question for this uh, this fine episode?
1: Absolutely, sir, I did. I did prepare one, and uh, I'll uh, come out of the gate with it. All right, Kevin, as you know, the lifeblood of any auto manufacturer is how many units they can sell, and the more the better. Uh, which American automaker was the first to sell one million units in one single model year, year, make, and model?
0: One single million units in one year, Yeah. make, model, manufacturer. S- that is a good one uh, I'm going to think on that because I know for example in 1966 the Ford Mustang came out of the well 65 you know four and a half the Mustang came mm-hmm. out of the gate real hard and by 66 they sold 660 some thousand of them in one shot in right. one year but that's not a million. It's not a million. Uh, so I'm going to flip the coin and flip the car and guess that it was the 1965 Chevrolet Impala.
1: 1965 Chevrolet, Chevrolet, Chevrolet Impala. Impala. Because the,
0: the Impala debuted in 1958 uh, as an executive family car is what the goal was. kind of a mm-hmm, new platform. Mm-hmm. And uh, it instantly became the number one selling car in the United States in 1958.
1: Is that right? Yeah, and
0: I know that that sh- throughout the early '60s, Chevrolet's sales just continued to to steamroll, and I think by '65, right. I'm pretty sure that the first million model mm-hmm. car seller was the 7- oh, that, '65. Model. I mean, that's
1: that's that's plausible. I mean, it was a new a new uh, a new design for a '65, yeah, which I'm sure turned on quite a bit of people. So, uh, all right, well, we'll find out later.
0: <laughs> that's my guess. I'm a man. I don't know if it's okay. right, but that's my guess.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: All right. What do, you, what do you got for me? All right. Well, as you know, uh, uh, <laughs> when manufacturers produce automobiles, their goal is to sell the highest number of units possible. <laughs> you better be kidding me with this. <laughs> so, as we've heard before, the uh, Ford Mustang was really a hot seller when it first came out, and uh, mm-hmm. the direct competition being Chevrolet, did not have a car to line up against it. So they invented a vehicle that we all know today as the Chevrolet Camaro, Mm -hmm. which debuted... Mm -hmm. As as,
1: well as the Pontiac Firebird.
0: Well, the Firebird was more targeted towards the Cougar. The Camaro was targeted towards the Mustang. Oh, okay. All right. So there is a little technicality there, but we'll let that slide. Uh, So the Camaro uh, debuted in 1967. Well, as these cars are being developed, they oftentimes don't release the official... Official name of the car until it kind of hits the streets. So, for example, there's engineering names and nicknames that are given to these right. things as they go. A good example of that is the uh, 2003 uh, Ford Cobra Mustang, which was known as the Terminator mm-hmm. Mustang, and people still call right. them that today. But before it, you know, hit the stands, it was the Terminator. So, what was the nickname okay. given to the Chevrolet Camaro in its engineering phase? And it actually got leaked out enough to where there were some official press releases, not official press releases, but there were magazine stories and the such that said, here's Chevrolet's Mustang fighter called the blank. Uh, Okay, called
1: the blank. But it wasn't called the blank. It was called something else. (laughs) could have been the
0: the blank. (laughs) Chevy, Chevy, blank, blank. (laughs) A new car to beat the Mustang. (laughs) Right on. Oh, those marketers, I tell you what. Love them, love them. Yeah, and all
1: I, right, so the engineering name for the Camaro.
0: And and there was, uh, um, to, to, to muddy the waters just a bit. Appreciate um, that. Yeah, oh yeah, I do what mm-hmm. I can. Uh, mm-hmm. At some point, from what I understand, there was like hundreds if not thousands of names that they were kicking around before mm-hmm. they landed on Camaro, but this particular one right. was the front runner and got some press and not just, uh, you know, focus right. group type research. All right. Well, this is
1: this is a either you know it or you don't kind of a question. Well, not and, a whole lot of room for guessing.
0: And of course, uh, the, the name, the actual name Camaro, has some speculation on what that really means. You know, some right. some say it means it's French for my little buddy or my little friend. Right. Right. And there's kind of a funny story about how Ford engineers. I'm sorry, Chevrolet engineers were, were discussing the name Camaro and trying to sell it to the top brass, and they said, what what does this really mean? And they said, well, it's a uh, a reclusive but very fierce little animal that, that kills horses. <laughs> 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 That's of course, perfect, targeting I mean. the Mustang.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. I like it. Um, all right, the, the, the Camaro's engineering name... It got kicked around and and leaked to the press. It um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we we're gonna say that it was
0: that sometimes something. these names it are something are um, other car brand models. You know, right? That that uh, you know, for example, I think the the Firebird was a name given to earlier GM prototypes before it became an official Pontiac car. I think there Is that right? I think there was a Cadillac that was a concept car called the Firebird at one point. So maybe it was a maybe it was another name that was known as an actual car. Don't <laughs> Don't don't. don't. I, I don't know. I'm just thinking here to buy yes, you some time. Yes, you know. <laughs> you know. I also noticed uh, that at the time most of the Chevrolet vehicles had a common first letter in their name. I of, don't want to hear a it. Lot of I don't seams. want you.
1: I want you to stop talking. More vent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we're I'm gonna rare. say the only, the only, really the only thing that's coming to mind, and it's completely off base, is uh, we'll, we'll see. It was called the Banshee. The
0: Banshee so, goes yeah. for a, for a Pontiac concept right. car name. Mm-hmm. Interestingly yep. enough, so
1: we'll see. Maybe they borrowed it. Or they or Pontiac used it instead. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Banshee. Banshee right. it is. Locking it in. Final, Final answer answers. is
0: Banshee. Mm-hmm. All right. Well good to hear.
1: Yeah. Yeah, write it down. Put some smiley faces next to it. I did. Alright. <laughs> hey, thank you.
0: <laughs> little, thank uh, you very much. A, a emoticon there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of a yeah. Of a banshee Indian. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Why not? oh man okay moving on uh,
0: yes a little bit so what else is happening these days
1: uh i got some parts delivered oh right on. Uh, on on friday as you know it was uh some rod bearings main bearings and rings yeah which will allow me to get going on getting this short block uh put together
0: so the gto engine is piece by piece coming to fruition
1: Mm -hmm. and last night i ordered the bop one piece main rear main seal so that should be coming pretty soon excellent um, so then theoretically you can get the whole rotating assembly put together Uh, oh man yeah you're close ready to start uh, getting gaskets and putting things together and screws and stuff So, so the project is is moving a bit glacially, but moving.
0: Well, yeah, but, you know, that's how these things go. Um, as far as the parts that you, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of getting some of the non-glamorous items, too, right now. You know, those internal uh, bearings and stuff. Uh, sure. And it's down to that seal, and that's it. So, uh, we still have uh, uh, a set of cylinder heads that are going to go your way that came off that uh, right. 70s. It was a 7 or an 8. I don't remember now. Did I ever, We never got you the numbers on those cylinder heads, huh?
1: not the actual the the dash numbers uh there's a little machine pad on there right near next to one of the exhaust ports it says if it's if it's a dash four or dash eight six x head right either way
0: the concern was we wanted to reduce your compression ratio but not by changing pistons correct yeah correct yeah right on yeah
1: so Um, yeah so we got that going so i'll get when i get those we'll we'll uh tear them apart and look at them and make sure everything is cool and do whatever needs to get done to them, if anything. And what I'm really happy about is that these heads, um, come ready for unleaded gas and the you know, they have the hard hardened exhaust seats and uh, my heads didn't have that. Uh, they had the they, they weren't didn't have the hardened seats and I was ready for I was worried about them. That exhaust seat receding again and burning a valve because I plan on driving the car a lot.
0: So. Did you um, burn one before? Was that the whole deal? Y-
1: yeah, th- that's Is why that. I what started the heads. this whole damn thing? Well, <laughs> what started the whole thing was I had a wiped out cam lobe. Oh, that's right. And and uh, we put I I put the cam in the car in the engine with the engine still in the car. And my buddy Randy came over with a tool to to put in the exhaust uh, the spark plug hole rather and put compressed air in and keep mm-hmm. the valve up when we are replacing the springs. And one of the, one of the uh, uh, combustion chambers was passing air out of the exhaust. Right, so right, right, right. we had to pull the head off and found that. And then I found the crappy pistons. I'm like, well, <clears throat> might as well. Yeah, here we go. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, it's funny because people ask us a lot about doing the hardened valve seats. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's honestly kind of hit or miss. When you pulled those heads off, did you find that that valve seat was recessed into the head.
1: Well, it was it was burned. It was boogered up. The yeah. seat was yeah. so it had yeah. to. I had to have a valve job
0: done. It, it was ready. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you see, you know, that that was the big scare when when leaded gasoline went away. Is that your valve train would explode? You know, tomorrow <laughs> if you put right. unleaded exhaust or unleaded gasoline in. And we've seen cars that have had lots and lots and lots of miles on regular no lead gas, and the seats are fine. Is that right? We've seen other ones where, you know, that valve is sucked in there good and, you know, the seats torched, like you're saying. So, you know, I tend to ask people that have a decent running car, you know, if it's one of those out of the blue questions where like, yeah, you know, I bought this old car. Do you think I should tear it apart and put, you know, hardened seats in it? You know, measure it now and see if it's sealing. And let's determine how much you're going to use this thing, like you're suggesting. Right. If you're going to drive it every day, well, mm. then, uh, you know, but I also tend to kind of wait till there's a problem. If it's starting to smoke or, you know, sure. miss, then then let's let's go ahead and do it. But recently, I don't really think there's been many opportunities to uh, uh, jump into that project. Hey, I'm just I'm going to put hardened valve seats in. I mean, it yeah. goes along with other things, like you're saying. Right.
1: Exactly, uh, this engine had about twenty thousand miles on it when I tore it apart. Yeah. So, um, the, I mean, the rest of the the rest of the uh, uh, valve train looked fine. It was just that one particular seat that was torched out. So yeah. whether that had anything to do with with gasoline or not, I'm not sure. But I always did run a lead. My dad always ran a lead substitute in the right. gas as yeah, well, yeah. and I and I continued that when I took possession of the car. So whether that helped or not. Who knows?
0: Yeah, you think it would. Um, it's uh, it's one of those things that's hard to measure.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if it makes to... you feel good in your head, then I guess <laughs> it's working.
0: Yeah, you're trying to stop degradation, and maybe it already started, and, you know, right. who knows.
1: Yeah, because I don't know what kind of condition. I don't know if those were freshly rebuilt heads when they were put on or if they were used or or what the story was with them. Because my dad had the engine built in, like, 95 or so. Right. So, I don't, like I said, I, I have no idea what condition they were in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Don't know what condition my condition was in.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Well, speaking of the, you know, keeping the older stuff on the road, uh, did you happen to see the picture of the 69 Camaro that we posted on the Facebook page the other day, the orange one?
1: It's that orange one, yeah, I did. That thing was killer.
0: Yeah, it, uh, it. it's really a neat car, and it started kind of, kind of a debate about um, about what to do with something like that. And mm-hmm. the short version of the story <clears throat> is it's a 69 uh, Hugger Orange RS Camaro that is still in its original family. So our customer's dad bought it new and right drove it. Um, I forgot to check how many miles are on it, but it's, it's got a bunch of miles on it. And it's a, originally it was a 307 two-barrel, Really? With a Saginaw three-speed manual Holy and God. a 10-bolt rear end. So it it certainly wasn't the fastest 69 Camaro you could buy, but it's right. an unusual combination. Y- yeah. And um, it doesn't have the original engine in it because he blew it up at some point, I guess. And it's funny because it's got, like, earlier Corvette or Chevrolet script uh, valve covers on it. So like, oh, that right? Something that might have come off maybe one of the million or so 65 Impalas. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why you would bring that up. I don't know. (laughs) Those are readily available. They've made a lot of those cars. So, uh, (laughs) uh, and it also has stickers on the valve covers that are kind of funny. And it says, you know, prevent bearing failure. uh, And it's got like not quite startup instructions, but this was an early version of a remanufactured engine that somebody threw in this car. Oh, and they no still kidding. left the, the the store stickers on it, you know. And huh. in the 80s and 90s, those became known as the GM Goodwrench Targetmaster engine that you could get from your dealer. The right, the replacement. They remember those? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Pre Targetmaster, but a replacement engine. Okay. Um, and I don't know if it's just the top end either. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about this car yet. It could still have the original block. I, I, he seemed mm-hmm. to suggest it didn't. But today, it's got a four-barrel carburetor. It's got an old holly on it, uh, and it's got a set of uh, Rocket Industries aluminum slot mag wheels on it all. Yeah. Own, yeah. My,
1: my first GTO had those slotted mags. Those are boss. I love
0: them. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're pretty cool. <laughs> and it's got, like, Dunlop tires on it um, that, you know, we've had this sh- car in our shop now for a couple of days, three, four days. And they're all still holding air. I can't believe it. You know, these Gee are old, whiz. you know, bias ply, fiberglass belted tires. And those are the ones that you pump up to get the thing off the trailer. And then it goes right. flat right in front of you. And you got to <laughs> pump it up to move, you know, to roll it around. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't run or drive at this point. But um, it is mostly original paint. Uh, cool. There's a, a couple of dents that got repaired at some point. And this car, being a, a, an RS... The Rally Sport package had hideaway headlights, it had fender lip trim, it had rocker trim, and of course it had the RS taillights with the separated out reverse lights below the bumper. Right. And then it had uh, the RS bumper is a little bit different with the upright on it. And uh, it's got headlight washers, which is pretty rare on those. Really? Yeah. So there was a little bottle with a pump and a couple of nozzles that sprayed down on the headlights. I never uh, knew
1: that was an option.
0: Yeah, that's an old Camaro option. Kind of cool. That uh, is cool. Huh. And it's got a white pinstripe um, that goes around the fe- the wheel opening. It's a little double pinstripe that kind of starts pointing down and makes its way back. And the car was repaired at some point with a couple of these dents. And when they they painted it, they touched it up and they masked from the stripe down. So they didn't repaint the pinstripe. And if you feel uh, the pinstripe, as your thumb slides down from the top, you got orange paint, and then it raises a little bit for the white paint, and then it raises a little bit more for orange paint for again. For the orange Oh, I see. And then they blended it in the front and the back. So, you know, it, it's kind of neat. And, and to me, it's amazing how well this car fits. The doors fit beautifully. The trunk lid fits great. Uh, all the things you look for mm-hmm. on a 69 Camaro that are problem areas. Usually, the the trunk lid, for example, the radius of the corners of the lid rarely matches the radius of the corners on the quarter panel. I got you. Where it closes. This one they're sure. dead on, <laughs> and it's a it's a testament to GM steel, you know. And I didn't run the VIN. It's an Excel, a code X11 car, but the VIN uh, will tell me the build sequence. I think it's an earlier one. And I'm guessing that just because the the panels are so nice. You know, as these cars the, were built. The mold was still new, that kind of thing? Yeah, the stamps or the stamp. would wear, yeah. and, and they would uh-huh. replace the stamps, but they had to bang out, you know, a 1,000 fenders or 10,000. I don't know how many they did. But oh. everything on this car is, like, as crisp as I've ever seen. So you don't – but at the same time, It's got rust in every panel.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I noticed that. The
0: the quarters are rusty at the openings, around the Mm -hmm. rear window and around the windshield, even in the roof skin is rusty. Mm -hmm. So it's like,
1: oh, man, you know. Uh, Yeah, that's a tough call. uh,
0: It's got the gauge package. It's got the console. um, So it's got all the right stuff. It's a white interior. uh, So the question becomes, well, what do you do with this car? And he came to us and he's like, you know, I'd really like to restore this, but that's going to be a big job. And and we agree that, unfortunately, to do it right, it it is going to be a big job, especially on this one, trying to preserve as much steel as possible. Yeah. Because I'd hate to – I mean, we could fairly efficiently drill the quarters off and drill the roof skin off and, you know, dunk or media blast the substructure and Uh and go get some new stuff and throw it on, but it ain't going to be the same. No. No,
1: it's not going to be the same, especially this, this stuff that fits so nicely. I mean right. it, you almost you're, you're almost forced to patch
0: everything up. Right. and, yeah. and we can certainly do that and uh, our, our metal shop team is talented enough to either obtain replacement pieces or fabricate pieces and stitch them in like you're saying and do a butt weld where there is no visible seam. Mm-hmm. And no detectable repair, uh, the car would be kind of a patchwork quilt of those, and it would be quite a few of them. So yeah. that turns into a lot of time.
1: And as we talked about in a previous
0: episode, that time really adds up. It does. It does. That that's where everything goes. You know, it's this craftsmanship of making all these little things. And uh, the thing that really kind of throws a wrench into it is that well, it was a three hundred seven two barrel car. You know, if Fair this. Eye was a Copo 427 car, there'd be no question. You right. know, you'd be, we'd be sourcing NOS panels and uh-huh. and whatever, sure. uh, instead of trying to repair 5% of the roof skin. Uh-huh. So, um, my thoughts were, let's throw this out there to the the social media sphere and see what people say. And I posed the question, you know, do we fix it or do we restore it? Um, and I'll, I think it's, It's about 70-30 where people are saying, fix it and drive it as it is, Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of what I think I would like to do. Yeah. Uh, That's what I guessed. That's what what my input was. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, it it was stored in a barn, so a lot of wildlife has been using this as a public restroom for quite a long time. (sighs) Ouch. (laughs) As they tend to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, a deep cleaning, um, and then... uh, Put new brakes on it and hydraulics and, you know, wiring and safety factors and uh, see what kind of compression the motor makes and fire it up and see if it, it'll move, you know. And that, that's mm-hmm. what I think would be pretty cool. I don't know that the customer really digs that idea, though. He, uh, I think in his mind, he really wants to see this brought back to new and is mm-hmm. struggling in that respect. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of times we get kind of conditioned to think all or nothing.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean there's there's such a, an outlay of, of nice restored cars in you know the, the internet land and, and magazines. And I think it biases people's opinion to say, okay, well this is, this is what my car has to be. Rather than, you know, repair this, fix that, drive it as is. Yeah. So, so there's that.
0: There is. And I think we could probably show him some progress on it and get him kind of excited. Because I think mm-hmm. some people also can't envision, even though it's not restored, if it's clean and functional, it, mm-hmm. it's enjoyable. And, and there was a neat example that we just sent home last week of a 66 Mustang. Which was a car they made like six hundred and sixty thousand of. It was quite a bit, uh, not quite a million that year, but
1: uh, <laughs> this uh, not quite,
0: not quite, almost. But this guy <laughs> brought in this an inherited car once again. He got it from his dad, and it's uh, almost same color. You know, uh, um, you know, it's the red orange Ford color, uh, signal red. So mm-hmm. it's it's pretty close to Hugger. and it shined like a concrete floor. I mean, it was just flat. <laughs> really? Know, this oh, car geez. had no pop whatsoever. Oh, uh, boy. And it's an original 289 car, which is cool. It's a, it's a Mustang GT. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's got the stripe on it, and it's got uh, parchment-colored bucket interior. So not quite white, but not brown, mm-hmm. you know? Right. 14-inch style mm-hmm. steel wheels on it. And it didn't run or drive very well, and it kind of looked dead. So he said you know, how much to paint this car. And again, we start looking at it and it's got rust in the rain gutter area. So it's all the way up on the roof and rust in the quarters and stuff. And uh, we had this exact same conversation where it's like, if you really want to do this car, it's going to be a bunch of money. Uh, However, um, if you'd give us a little bit of latitude, maybe we can do a little wet sanding and buffing on this thing and bring back this dead paint and see what it looks like. Um, and in the meantime, we fixed, we rebuilt the carburetor, put an intake gasket on it, put a radiator and, you know, did some maintenance stuff Right. and, uh, rebuilt the steering hydraulic valve and the steering system on those cars, which I can't stand, but, uh, that's got that monkey motion steering where you have a mechanical steering box that has no connections to it, no hydraulic connections to it. And then the Pittman arm comes out and actuates a ball stud on a valve that, that regulates hydraulic flow through a cylinder mounted to the center link. Wow. And it's, and it's a hydraulic ram. So, as you turn the steering wheel, uh, the, the motion goes through to push the valve to the left or to the right, and the hydraulic cylinder okay. actuates. Oh, wow. So, you wonder why these cars are unresponsive when they steer, because there's too many things that has to happen. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then it's right to use that phrase again: all or nothing, man. I mean, we put this thing back together after rebuilding that that cylinder or the the control valve, and you'd give it just a little bit of inf- input, and that valve is either on or off. So it's like full hydraulic assist to the left or full to the right, you know. So Yeesh. yeah, there's conversions for that, and um, anyway, that's something we might propose to them down the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, we got the car running, driving. We put some new tires on it, put some new wheels on it, uh, some dress-up parts from California Mustang, new side mirrors and a new steering wheel and kind of the touch points and, and polished it. And I think we, we put a picture on, of that thing on our social media too. It was a, a hood split right down the middle, left and right, polished and unpolished. Okay. Uh, a couple, I don't know, oh, about I think, a Yeah, ago. I
1: remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And right. it was like night and day. <clears throat> It was exactly a huge improvement, and uh, uh, when you look close, it still had its little rust bubbles, and mm-hmm. but but now you're kind of knocked over by the the signal red shininess, you know, instead of this flat dull color.
1: Right? Yeah, that red one. That's right. Yeah, it was like red oxide almost. It looked like.
0: Yeah, it it was terrible. It was splotchy mm-hmm. looking. It had water spots in it. It it uh, was chalky. You know, it was mm-hmm. everything oxidized dead paint? you know, has. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for and sure. that car was a repaint to that color. Originally was something else. So who knows how old the paint job was. And that that's what our concern was, is we didn't want to just buff through it or, you know, Start polishing um. on it and see all the paint fly off like dust. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, now you got a painted. <laughs> Whoopsie! Yeah. So uh, by putting in you know a week worth of time on on doing some detail as opposed to you know doing a whole paint job, uh, the customer just loved it. He was like, Good. "This is unbelievable! How much nicer this thing is." Sweet. And he thanked us for not leading him down the path to blowing it all apart, and doing the big repaint on it. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, again, obviously not that we don't have the abilities to do that, but sometimes, right? This guy just wants to putz around on the weekend with his car,
1: right? Right. Dropping thirty grand in a paint job is not the right answer for this guy,
0: right? Right. So um, I'm kind of hoping we can use that example with this Camaro, and say, uh, okay, you know, with a little love, we might be able to get you something that's that's mm-hmm. pretty neat, and and the funny thing. Everybody's so obsessed with barn find cars these days. and Yeah. And, and this one, you know, barn find isn't really quite the right descriptor because it was certainly right. in a barn, but it's been known forever. It's right, not like somebody right. stumbled Just across stumbled it. Stumbled upon it, yeah. Uh, but when we had it in front of our shop, when the customer dropped it off, it was stopping traffic. I mean, people right? stop, and, and if you follow that thread, on again, on our social, a local guy posted a picture of the car in front of our shop. He was driving past and stopped and took the picture. <laughs> really? Yeah, and put, put it in the comments. He's like, oh, I had to huh. see that thing, you know. Oh, so, that's killer. It is, uh, and, and it just has the look. It's hard to explain. It's it's orange. It's got, the you know, those wheels, that 70s yeah. vibe. I mean, it just looks mm-hmm. right.
1: It does look right. I, I dug that immediately.
0: Yeah. So...
1: Is is the dad still around? That who bought
0: the car? Ah, uh, that's a great question. I don't know.
1: Oh, I he'd do. probably know exactly if that's the original block.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, I'm, uh, I'm I'm gathering that he's not. I see. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, and uh, it would be interesting to. Uh, To find out. That's a great question. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he told me at some point. We we first had talked about this car about six months ago. And then he called the other day and he's like, all right, I'm bringing it. It's like, oh, okay, great. Okie doke. (laughs) Perfect. Here we are. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing, though, depending on his timeline, this would totally be a neat one for the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals barn fine display. It would be. You can't wash it. (laughs) I know, right? We can't even touch (laughs) it. And nobody has. And I, I had a little bit of a panic uh, because as we were moving cars around to uh, get this thing lined up with the right bay so we could start to do our little inspection on it, it was sitting out in front of the shop and it just started to drizzle. <gasps> I know. And I'm like, uh And Kelly's uh, like, what? It, it, it's okay. It's fine. I'm like, uh-huh. ah.
1: It's not authentic barn find anymore.
0: I just saw a bucket of barn find dust going for 500 bucks on the internet.
1: Yeah. I, saw, I was going to say that. I saw that too.
0: That's ah. beautiful. I mean, there's got to be 1,500 bucks in dust on this thing alone. <laughs> oh my god so none none, none of that wore off Uh. (laughs) 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 but you know how crazy is it that i was actually thinking that way i'm like ah don't don't (laughs) don't ruin that yeah right and and kelly's like look before our team starts crawling through this to do the inspection i want to vacuum out all the contributions from the wildlife over the years (laughs) and you know because all the
1: deposits have yes. to get withdrawn, yeah.
0: right? And you know, I get it because you know it's a safety thing, and you don't want these guys mm-hmm. playing yeah. in filth. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, you know that aspect. Well, now that I think about it, that aspect kind of is part of that barn find display. There, there, there's been dead mice and stuff on display at McCacken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man, that's craziness. <laughs> yeah.
0: But the cool thing about that show is they'll display the car as is, and then the following year, right. it might be restored, you know, right. or, or two right. years later, whatever.
1: It'll so, be in the class of whatever next year yeah, as a, as a fully restored car.
0: So this is 2018. I mean, we could get that thing together by 19, I think, if uh, if you really wanted to restore it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it. Yeah, could be neat, but I don't know. So hopefully this week, uh, uh, it, it came in and we're doing our inspection where... Each individual department crawls all over it and fills out the form and says, here's what we found. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and that's a valuable service, but it gets to be kind of a touchy subject because nobody really? wants to take their car somewhere and then get a report card that sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. What do you mean, my little Johnny failed? <laughs>
0: yes. You're a bad teacher. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, here you go, Mike. Uh, here's the sheet mm. on your GTO, and uh, notice uh, the fail column is a, <laughs> yeah. a strike. Lots
1: of them, yeah. yeah well, they so, would fail miserably. Oof.
0: Well, we try to tell people that you know, we're not necessarily grading it. It's uh, it's right. for information purposes, and, uh-huh. and they can have that form. If, if they choose for us to do work on it or not, we give that. It's a 12-page form that oh, we we'll give to the customer about all the stuff that we found with our trained eyes and uh-huh. they might not know about it, you know, a lot of the stuff, leaky fittings right. and and whatever. Uh-huh. So we try to soften that blow, you know, but in this uh-huh. case he knows, you know, it he knows it needs everything. Uh, yeah. It's just
1: it, it's hard to it's it's hard to not know that just by looking at looking at it on the outside. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's just how much of everything does it need is uh-huh. the is the big question. Uh-huh. So and that was pretty cool. how much
1: of everything does he want to put into it. So, there's that too.
0: Right. And uh-huh. You know i was talking to a guy last night as a matter of fact uh we have a 79 ford bronco in the shop so this is the sweet the first oj style you know bronco oh yeah style, yeah the right. big
1: bronco yeah 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 okay
0: yeah and uh-huh. he's had this car for a few years he's not emotionally attached to it like an heirloom uh-huh. um, and it's always that same conversation. You know, well, how much do I put in this thing? What's it going to be worth? And I'm going to get my money back out of it and uh, uh-huh. and everything else. And that conversation to me is far more relevant when it's not an heirloom. You know, uh-huh. it's just a car. And, right. you know, if you really wanted another one, I'm sure there's another one out there that maybe you can find a nicer one and be money ahead. Uh-huh. But it made me think of something. And I don't know if we talked about this before, but... These people that ask, is it going to be worth the money to do it? A lot of times they're not putting the value on their own experience with the car. So uh-huh. they're only putting the dollars that came out of the wallet and went to the parts department or whatever. They're not thinking about going in the garage and enjoying it and driving it and spending all that time. Uh-huh. And I said, you know, when you, when you go out to the furniture store and you're going to buy a coffee table, do you ask the guy, is this coffee table going to be worth what I paid for it in five <laughs> years, <laughs> you know? it's just not something you do. You buy the refrigerator, right. you know, you're going to use it till it's done, right. and then throw it out. Uh-huh. Cars are different, you know. Totally, totally. Uh, so it, it's hard to uh, to move off that frame of mind. I'm certainly not trying to, you know, steer anybody into doing anything, but. Opening the fridge door does have value, especially when there's cold beer in there and you're, you're going <laughs> to enjoy Amen, <that> brother. <laughs> <day>. <laughs> but uh, but things depreciate, so you don't always uh, – I don't think that's the number one criteria. Um, right. Unless, you know, yeah. you have to be responsible, of course, and not spend money mm-hmm. that needs to go to feeding the family and, and all the right. rest of it. Yeah, there's that. There's that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But anyway, we'll keep you posted on the uh, on the Orange Camaro. Uh, cool. True survivor car, uh, which kind of brings up a couple other parallel topics. We're going to be re- we just released a video the other day about the 70 Challenger, yes, sir. You did shot on at, that muscle car of the week, yeah, uh, from the McCacken show with uh Gregory Qualls, uh-huh. and that was his dad's car that he bought new in '69, the 426 uh-huh. Hemi Challenger four speed RTSE Gator Top, yeah, super track pack car she was i yeah. knew exactly what he wanted oh yeah yeah because that car doesn't
1: happen by accident
0: no, no no the colors everything on it was just <clears throat> that's what you would buy <laughs> you know? uh-huh. and i For don't sure. know if, if you For saw sure. in the video the the there's like a visa mastercard sign in the floor because it's got a oh, rust hole that. in the floor
1: oh haha <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I have to go check that out again. I mean, That's it's a
0: funny. it's a Detroit car, so it mm-hmm. rusted, you know, and and mm-hmm. it got kind of patched back together. And and look at how cool that one is, you know.
1: Yeah. So that that thing is
0: totally cool. And a neat story so. is dad was a, a soldier and then a police officer, and uh, right, uh, car still exists. So definitely check that video out if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, you were there it, when we shot it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: what 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 I found interesting is uh he said his his dad was in the 82nd Airborne from 64 through 66 and my dad was in the 82nd Airborne during that time frame as well. No kidding, and I thought. Oh, yeah, I thought, man, what if these two cats knew each other? Wouldn't wow. that be a story? Yeah. That'd be awesome. That, that's entirely possible. It is it is entirely possible. So, who knows? Holy so. smokes yeah that was I, I when i heard I, when i saw that 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 video i'm like holy cow what if my dad knew this guy That'd that's crazy that'd be amazing yeah i kind of wish he was still around i could ask him so. well both of them you know mm-hmm. <laughs> that is unbelievable yeah. huh yeah small world small world sometimes
0: yeah yeah I, I was so glad that he brought that car out so we could hear this kind of stuff um mm-hmm. and and shrink the world a little bit so the the commentary on that car is everyone's like yeah don't ever restore that thing yeah no no never yeah leave
1: that one alone yeah i, I no. there's some cars that just are more valuable in their current state than they could ever be you know fully restored because you know like the mantra is they're only original once even though this one is is pretty rusty and has some definite city miles on it it's it's a it's still a, a good time capsule and yeah. i mean it's it's original and it really takes you back to that time frame
0: yeah and it turns out that a lot of people know that car you know it was kind of a local legend right right in, in right. detroit and uh, i thought it was funny that his dad was the traffic enforcement officer who also did a little bit of street racing <laughs>
1: Who who better to do the street racing than the traffic enforcement officer? Right, go figure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that
0: was pretty cool. Uh, and another video that's coming out um, from McCacken uh, is the story of the sixty nine and a half A twelve Super B four forty six pack car that did that trip from Barnfind two years ago to fresh unveiling, fresh res- restoration this year. Cool uh, in seventeen. And that was the red car that was right down the stairs in the front. And it was unveiled. Oh, right. Uh, very, very cool car. The, the guy who restored, his name is Dave Molnar. Uh, him and his wife, uh, Kelly, worked on the car for the past you know, year and a half. And Dave's a pilot. And this is his hobby. And he's one of these people that can do a restoration that's on par with any professional shop. Uh, in his own garage. I mean, just a remarkable, Uh. remarkable job. And the car, um, he, he wanted one of those. He wanted an A12 Super B and he sought out to find that car and found that it had become available for sale. So he bought it. And unfortunately the, uh, the original owner was around when he started the project Uh uh, and they've got photographs of of the original owner and dave all hands on the <clears throat> big air cleaner lifting it off the engine together oh, and cool. then the idea was to have the original owner back with dave at mccacken to put the air cleaner back on as the last step of the the circle uh but unfortunately oh. the original owner didn't make it to the end so oh, he man. had his, his daughter and and family members there um but just a remarkable story. Uh, another car that was very well known and street raced and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one now, it's 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 perfect. It's brand new. You know, it's completely sure. completely perfect. So there's there's no wrong way to do it. Um, I just think it's it's very cool that it's a hobby that with with the right minded people, junk is just as cool as mint. Right. Yeah,
1: for sure. You know. I I think my junkie GTO is just as cool as mint. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, we all might have... I guess that makes me (laughs) right-minded. Yes, right. (laughs) Uh, At
0: least in this conversation, we're on the same page. Yeah, Uh, totally, totally. You know, things might uh, have aspirations to someday, you know, be Uh perfect, you know, if you can do it. But if you don't, you know, it doesn't have to. You know, it's still cool. And I I always... I can't stand the people who go to a car show or something and they're like, oh, man, you know, that thing's a piece of junk. It's all rusty. It's like, well, uh-huh. in this snapshot of time, when you walked up to it, yeah, you're you're probably right. Uh-huh. But if you take a minute and ask the person, what's the deal with this car, chances are you're going to find out that, that that's a badge of honor and it's still here because of something else. And right. That's what's cool. Yeah. The fact that it's still
1: on the road is what's cool. Mm-hmm. And someone's still someone's still driving it. Someone's still loving it. And and you can't ask for much more than that.
0: No, right, exactly. And that person might not have the means, you know, which many of us don't. <laughs> Hello. As yes, he raises both hands, <laughs>
1: right. who has two thumbs and doesn't have the means? This guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: well. I, you're the, uh, you know, you're kind of the poster child for uh, the Chicagoan who really, really appreciates every summer day because the winters are so harsh. And uh, in the same way, you really appreciate when that engine bearing came in the mail. <laughs> As I did, to, too. Yeah, right. It's a little, little step, you know. It's, a, it's yeah, one little well, nice day.
1: I, I came home and uh, I didn't even know it, it, it was delivered. And I didn't know when it was going to be delivered. And um, I got home, and I heard my daughter ask, "Oh, what's that box? Is that is that for me?" And my wife says, "No, that's for Daddy." I'm like, "I got a box!" And I looked, and I saw it was. From. I'm, I saw I saw it was to Mike Cuball Clark. I'm like, "Only one person would put that on the on the on the center." I know what this is. And I opened it up. Oh my gosh, they're here! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right well when i first moved to southern california and there was 350 days of sunshine oh, uh lucky. you'd see you know and I, I was straight out of the midwest and i'm like oh my gosh this is beautiful out here let's let's just go out just go outside and mm-hmm. you've got people who are like oh it's sunny oh, it's hot you know and i'm like when, you, when somebody <laughs> takes that away suck. from you yeah, <laughs> yeah you live in the basement of the snow from, yeah. you know, August to June, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll appreciate much. them sunny days.
1: When when you're from a place where summer comes on a Wednesday and that's <laughs> yeah. it, then you will be loving this a lot.
0: Right. Everybody goes nuts. Mm-hmm. Which, <clears throat> you know, brings me to a short tangent that doesn't really have anything to do with cars except for cars and rock and roll go along very well. Uh, the radio station in Chicago, WLUP, yeah. closed its doors last week. And this is a rock and roll station that's been on the air since 1977. And I grew up listening to it, and so did many, many people. Um, and it, it's kind of a bummer that uh, that, that happened. Uh, one of the guys who was on that show, on that radio station, doing the morning show, was Jonathan Brandmeier. He did it for many, many years and was uh, actually in a band. And they wrote a song called We're All Crazy in Chicago. And it kind of yeah. articulated that you know, in the summertime they go nuts because they they don't have a whole lot of time to do it. So just a little right. shout out to uh, to the loop. That was uh, kind of a bummer. And Johnny away. B, Johnny B, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: yeah. That was that was cool. You you uh, you uh, let me know that they were having their last show. That uh, what was it? Last Friday.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Sometime during the week and. Um, some of the old greats were were back on the show for that last day like Steve Dahl and Kevin Matthews and uh, Joe Walsh broadcast. was on Joe Walsh was on that's oh, right yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right good friend of Steve Dahl legendary disco demolition DJ
0: that's right that's right and uh, that story went far beyond Chicago so people might know that yeah yeah exactly you know listening elsewhere but just imagine you know, if you you know the, the radio station that you spend a lot of time listening to if it's still on the air there's only a handful of cities that have a great rock and roll station that's still right from back in the day yeah uh yeah. down near our shop it's uh it's She which is uh, a, a rock station that started in 1967 and they're still oh, on right on and going Dig strong, it. which is great yeah yeah
1: that is great i mean usually it, it, in today's day i mean terrestrial radio is just is kind of struggling and you get format changes upon format changes and it's such a an insecure business to get into, especially from uh, like a DJ uh, point of view.
0: Well, guys like uh, you and I are ruining it right now.
1: Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, loop. <laughs> we, yeah. killed loop. All, we killed the loop. We killed the loop. It looks like you can stop rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, nice job, cue ball.
0: <laughs> 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 sorry, well, everybody. <laughs> it's all about having options now and, you know, people can listen to us. Yeah. For whatever reason, uh-huh. instead of listening to uh, to Rush and Led Zeppelin and Van Halen, not equating us to being better to listen to <laughs> yeah. than Rush, and Van Halen. maybe
1: we should start spinning some records while
0: we're doing this. <laughs> yeah,
1: and exactly. we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it.
0: You know, and I think in in the case of a lot of these stations, they uh, uh, they were paying a lot of money to the personalities. And then when the advertisers mm-hmm. were like, well, wait a minute, there's people listening to Pandora and other stuff. Yeah. That's where the bottom kind of comes out. So, yeah, it is an evolving yeah. thing. But radio, to me, especially in the car, there's nothing better, you know, than, than playing your favorite tunes and getting them cranked up on a nice day. Right.
1: That's true. That's true. I, I, do, I do enjoy that myself. So Yeah, in Although fact... I don't, uh,
0: I- a couple weeks ago in fact I think the last show when we talked about that 77 Trans Am that we're delivering home to its customers uh, Kelly had texted me how's the drive going and I sent her back the link to Sammy Hagar's Trans Am
1: (laughs) sweet (laughs) and she responds
0: back with what do you mean (laughs) I don't get it
1: (laughs) come on listen to it (laughs)
0: Trans Am's tearing up the world man
1: sweet sweet I can't drive 55 all that good stuff
0: come on that's it well, we've, uh, we've let them dangle quite a bit here. Um, maybe we touch uh-huh. back on that uh, trivia question.
1: <laughs> we, why? We've touched on it about three times during the broadcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I got a shout out to, uh, I'm going to now say some of our listeners, because uh, you know, we, yeah, we, yeah. we've picked up a few, which is great. Uh-huh. We appreciate it. Uh, we hope we give you something valuable to listen to, uh, mm-hmm. or at least a good enough distraction, because whatever you're doing might be a lot worse than this. Uh, but it's fun, because people have been playing along in real time, so they're listening to the show, like on the Facebook page or something, and typing in comments, typing their guesses in, uh-huh. which, which is pretty cool.
1: That is pretty cool. I do enjoy that. So and luckily, be
0: they've been polite enough to not post the answer for the next guy.
1: Ah, true, true, true. True.
0: Because, you know, that's why anybody always listens to the show. It's purely for the answer to the stupid trivia exactly. question.
1: Exactly. I mean, the meat, the meat of the show is irrelevant. It's the trivia question is what's keeping them coming back, man. Right. So, it's a, I mean, that's no pressure to come up with a good one, but I try to come up with a good one.
0: Yeah. No, you did.
1: Yeah. Sure I did. Yeah. All right. So here we go. I asked Kevin what year make a model is first to sell a million units in a single model a year. And rather than go down the easy answer of saying a Mustang, Kevin guessed 65 Chevy Impala, which I suspect he knew the whole time and was just playing around with me. Because, yes, in fact, it was a 65 Chevy Impala. Really? That sold a million units. Yeah, a record which still stands today.
0: That is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah,
1: don't act so surprised.
0: Well, I honestly, there's there was a lot of cars that sold... Quite a lot of units in the mid-60s. American mm-hmm. car companies were on fire, so... Yeah, they were. Um, I, I would have expected there, were, there was more than one, or maybe it was a different year, but yeah. uh, but I knew that 65s were, were hot items, so... Cool. All right. Well, yay me. Yay yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, my question to you was... And, and boo me. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, what was the... Uh, kind of the nickname of the Chevrolet Camaro before it hit the streets, and your guess was the Banshee, which was kind of a fitting name because it was used on an F-body concept later in the 90s and, and whatnot. Uh-huh. Um, but in fact, the correct answer is the Panther. Panther. It was the oh Panther. God. Dang it. And I believe a uh, uh, Mechanics Illustrated magazine from 66 had the rendering on the cover, and it said, The Mustang Killer, Chevy's New Panther. They actually called that it, that right? and, and the whole thing. So, uh,
1: well, that was a good question. I got I got to hand it to you. That
0: well, was interesting. I, I'm glad it was because it was really a last minute thing. Uh, of course it was. <laughs> of course it was. Well, it's sometimes it's hard to come up with these questions because it's like you know we, we've touched on a bunch of different stuff, mm-hmm. um, and I, I I don't really want to get into you know. What was Cruz Pedragon's fastest pass in 1997? Don't, don't, don't even, don't even start
1: that nonsense. <laughs> right, because <with me. laughs> right, I don't know that stuff either. You know, yeah. <laughs> so
0: I'm trying to keep it in the wheelhouse here. Of
1: yeah, I appreciate that. That's nice of you.
0: Our limited knowledge of nonsense. So
1: yeah, my wheelhouse is much smaller than your wheelhouse. <laughs> That's okay.
0: Uh, you're a pretty big wheel around here, though. I don't know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Of course I am.
0: Sure, yeah. sure, sure. You know, just read the comments. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate you hanging out with us uh, again for another uh, auditorially specular episode of V8 Radio. Uh, I'm Kevin Oste with Mike Clark. You can listen to this show on iTunes, and uh, it'd be cool if you subscribe there because we're actually making a little dimple in the iTunes popular automotive podcast there. Uh, And and please be sure to give us a five-star rating when you do. Oh, right. Yeah, the rating thing. Uh-huh. i really asking these people to do a lot for us. you got to <laughs> well, click, uh, click t- twice. Click, please. Please <laughs> click twice. Click to subscribe, <laughs> then click the fifth star. On the far right star. The fifth star. Yeah, not the brown star. Not, <laughs> not
1: the brown one. It's a brown show, but click on the fifth star. Gold
0: star. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, You can also tune in on TuneIn Radio, uh, which is kind of neat if you do that with uh, uh, a smart television um, running like the Amazon Fire Stick or whatnot. You can see all of our shows lay out on the screen. That's kind of fun. Or on uh, Google Play or Stitcher Radio or directly from our Facebook at V8Radio.com. All kinds of ways. Got no excuse for getting away. That's right, man. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we will come at you next time with another riveting episode and trivia question and other nonsense on VA Radio.